Hello, Slate Plus. How are you? I'm doing pretty well because I'm about to go exercise after our podcast. And that's something really? that brings me morning? joy. Yeah. Why not mid-morning? When was I supposed No, spo- no. I just, it's you know. like breaking up your day. I mean, good for you. I'm just surprised. It's a reward I give myself for completing the podcast. It's really nice. And also since that's I'm... That's good. Anyway, um, I, I, I want to do this topic with you guys because you're... Both of you are as obsessive about exercising as I am. It's true. We're we a bunch of fanatics. None of us are going to provide any kind of counterweight perspective to I this. I know, but it's, it's like good. Three addicts. Three addicts. Uh, cr- yes, criti- criticizing, uh, criticizing the moralist. The worst kind, smug addicts. Yes. So President Trump, according to a very short story in the Washington Post, President Trump reportedly does not exercise because he believes it drains the body's finite energy resources. This was mentioned in a New York article and then in a, in a Washington Post biography of him. The quote from the, I think the Post biography is, he believed the human body was like a battery with a finite amount of energy, which exercise only depleted. Now, of course, we know this is wrong, that, that exercise makes parts of your body stronger. It makes your heart stronger. Um, it improves your mood. It certainly improves my mood. That's also the, why we know he doesn't listen to the GabFest because people – he probably doesn't listen to podcasts because you listen to podcasts when you exercise. Or that's, I do. Well, that's true. people yeah. also listen to podcasts at, uh, doing other things. Let's not restrict our audience to he doesn't do. I'm maniacs. sure Trump doesn't do any of the things that people do. You can with, do it while you can listen to podcasts clean. while you're just, he doesn't, he doesn't clean. Eating. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't walk. I mean, he does eat. Um, anyway, so uh, – He's wrong, right, Jacob? Uh, I believe he's wrong. It's so unfair. Genetics is so unfair. I mean, you know, that the sort of people who who ought to drop dead from a sense of cosmic justice often don't, and the people who shouldn't do. But um, I have a sports guru who's called Dr. Jordan Metzl. I think I've bored you both about his how great his workout is in the past. But he's studied this a lot, and and he argues very convincingly he has a book called The Exercise Prescription. But he says of the, of the non-genetic factors around your health, i.e. food and exercise, exercise is by far the most important. So in terms of the things you control about your health, exercise is like four-fifths. And diet, which everybody is completely obsessed about, is much smaller. It's like one-fifth. I might not have those numbers exactly right. But there's just a mountain of evidence at this point that says not just that exercise is tremendously good for you physically, mentally, prevents illness, cures illness, all, all of that. But it's the, it's the big thing you control about your health. So, you know, yeah. Uh, he's wrong, and let's like hope I he said, suffers the consequences. Like I hell, the three of us. We're just going to be unbearable on this so, topic. <laughs> so, Emily, why don't you add to the smugness? Why is Trump so wrong about this? I, I mean, look, I... When I was a kid, I really didn't like to exercise. I remember strongly wanting to just sit on the couch with a book and not be bothered and being kind of dragged outside to do something by, I think, usually my dad. And... It seems like such a crucial way to to re to regenerate, like to recover energy. Now I can't really imagine my life without it. I'm incredibly dependent on it. And then I think, okay, well, if I didn't do this, wouldn't there be other things I would do instead that I would find equally 
satisfying as a way to recharge. I have lots of friends who don't exercise regularly and they just do other things. So I feel like we, we should. Do you, do you think of them secretly as losers? No, I don't. I actually sometimes yes, think like, I don't, I really don't. You do that. I, that is a move that you make in your mind. Don't put it on to me. So I, I guess I do feel like as much as I think the science supports, Jacob, what you're saying, that it is important not to be totally monomaniacal about this. Someone like Donald Trump, other than like Cokes and hamburgers and like yelling at the television screen, doesn't seem to have a whole lot of releases in their lives. But we could imagine alternatives to exercise. Like You're not a bad eating. person if you, if you don't exercise. But what's interesting about it, I think, Emily, is the kind of, um, you know, Trump's a sort of masculine primitive. And there is this sort of uh, primitive sense to it that you will wear yourself out. You know, I think it was um, Hemingway's theory of uh, ejaculation that you could. You were, I was could just only, thinking that. Yeah, you can only you're only going to get it up so many times in your life. And, you know, it's it's a finite capacity. And uh, I believe that's not supported by science either. But there is a way in which you kind of if you don't know anything, you might think that would be true. The right running out of supplies, the zero sum game of your own physiology. But what do you think? What do you think are legitimate substitutes, Emily, for exercise? You were just about to name some. Well, I was thinking of just like reading, you know, going out for coffee, taking a walk seems like it is really important to me, although I guess that is like a form of exercise. Hmm. Could like watching your favorite Netflix show count? Sure. I I mean, that's another thing people do to just escape. But I actually think, no, I think it's different. I was, I was, I think cooking fits. I was talking to a a colleague of mine who's a painter and he, when he comes home from work, he paints for an hour. And I think that meets his need. I mean, for me, it is so, I mean, there's the health effects, which I'm sure are significant, but it's, it's, it's so mental that my mood is basically 100% contingent on whether I've been walked. Totally. I would I would run if it was bad for you. If there were overwhelming evidence right. it was unhealthy, unless it was a- actively deadly, I would continue to do it. Right. Because well, have you ever been you in feel... one of these – like in one of these third world cities where the air is terrible and you yeah. go out and the, you every breath you take, you're like, oh, uh, uh, because you're breathing in all these pollutants and yet you would still go for a run because – Or run in the gym. Or well, but, but yes, no. If you have to do it inside, that's that's terrible. But, but it's, so, but do it's, you think you're having a chemical reaction that the endorphins you're releasing yeah. are truly something that you're dependent on? Totally. Yes. Yeah. I absolutely think that. And my mood, if I do not exercise, and actually, I'm I'm witnessing this with my daughter, who's become an obsessive exerciser over the last couple of years, and just to to watch her, and she is she is in a foul mood if she doesn't get to exercise, and I recognize this in myself that if I do not move around i'm in a foul mood and it's well and i'm i've become dependent on it and if you're on twitter in that foul mood you would be expressing yourself constantly but isn't this idea that you're in a terrible mood if you don't get something where people who don't exercise can they can feel smug yeah it's addiction right it's addiction any addiction has a downside it does i totally think that and i also think it's it's vain and and anti-social and self-absorbed when i think because because you can get most of the benefits of what you're talking about, Jacob, by doing a lot less than what I do. I mean, I probably exercise, you know, 10 hours a week or something like that. I bet the benefits are at three hours a week. 
Yeah, that's probably true. But also, it's not just your personal benefits. I mean, don't you have – when you go for long walks, that's when you think reflective thoughts and have your good ideas. And, you know, I think it's, it's, yes. it's also uh, yeah. – it's, it's how, you, how you take yourself out of yourself and get some perspective on life. Yes, that's also true. And stop thinking, right? We're all people whose brains are constantly whirling and buzzing. I mean, one thing about hard exercise is you basically don't think very clearly. Right. For some amount of time. Right. You mean you, well, so you're or talking you about, think they're about both, th- right. Both, your so pain both these suffering. things are true. They, yes. That, so exercise is a time not to think. And also exercise is a time where your brain is released to think. Yeah, I wrote I wrote one of my books basically on a run. Yeah, same. Well, this may be the difference between Emily winning tennis matches in which you really have to concentrate on the game versus me shuffling along on the jogging path trying to think about something I need to write. The only thing wrong with that sentence was the word winning, which is not something I do all that often. <laughs> but it is true that – I mean, well, you must feel this way about soccer, David, that that's a different – your brain activity for soccer right. or basketball is different right. from like right. a solitary kind of exercise. Right. It's so great. I mean, it is great. And you do – I do feel like sometimes when I'm playing soccer that there could be a, a MIG and a F-15 having a dogfight 100 feet <laughs> over my head and I wouldn't notice because I was so absorbed in the, the game. And that's that's awesome. So when you said you wrote your book on a run, you didn't mean you wrote the whole book on one run, did you? Well, I do remember actually. I I do remember going out for a run. I have I had a particularly naughty problem with the structure of a book, and I went out for a run, and I solved the structural problem, which was and my own theory on book writing is that it's all structure and everything else is typing. So once you figure out the structure, you figured out the book. So I did write it on the run. Yes, I do believe I did. That's a hell of a run. It was I know, good. It was seriously. a good run. Yeah. But this is a pleasure Donald Trump will never experience. Right. Right. Poor man. Poor He's man. not going to be writing any more books for a while anyway. He seems to be otherwise What occupied. do you think he does? I mean, what does he do? He plays golf. That's a form of something. Right. That's release. <laughs> yeah. It's it's exercise. If you walk, Although he, if you he, walk, I'm if you sure ride around in a cart, it's not. I mean, you swing your arms, but it's not It's not aerobic activity. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right, Slate Plus, uh, you're probably on a run right now and feeling really good about yourself, just as smug as the three of us. It was a long run today. Whew. You did? No, it was a long show. No, it was a long, 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 long show. Forever is what Jacob means. All right, bye, Slate Plus.